0: We are, uh, y'all are gonna just have to bear with me tonight because we're on some groundbreaking stuff for Matt Miller. We are about to do a sermon with PowerPoint. Um, so, not that I can't do PowerPoint. Not that I'm, uh, not able to do PowerPoint because I teach with PowerPoint and I love to do PowerPoint, but I wanted to, um try to do this, so hopefully it'll be pretty good. The problem that I may have, and you'll just have to bear with me, is I do get excited when I preach, and I hope to not leave the slide up too long, so I may move to another point. Danny's giving me some pointers on how to do it. Uh, I've got stars in my notes, and I should be ready to roll, Um, but I'm so glad you could be here tonight. I am so thankful uh, that you are here. Um, Several weeks ago now, it's been uh, several, we started a series called Keeping Our Christian Walk Non-Toxic. And the reason why I titled it this way is because of the word toxic. When we think about toxic, that is a dangerous word or a word that brings uh, some caution to us. And you see the... Skeleton there with the bones. We're all familiar with that. Uh, listen to this definition toxic, having a chemical nature that is harmful to health or lethal if consumed or otherwise entering into the body in sufficient quantities. Something uh, that is toxic, if put in your system, either makes you really sick. And then eventually what happens? It can kill you, right? So what do we do to avoid, the, avoid these chemicals is we make these warnings, right? Uh, I remember this warning of the hands when I ran the printing press, and it would have it all around, do not stick your hands in here, and actually the warning would have broken limbs on it with the mark out so you knew that if you put your hand in there you've already been warned what could happen right uh, why do we put these warnings so that we'll be aware of the harm we'll be aware of the thing that happens uh, if we consume this and we put these warning labels on them uh, to help us be cautious of them well that's what I want to do tonight I want us to think in this spiritual Uh, warning label uh, mind frame, if you uh, will, with the wording. According to God's Word is how we understand how to uh, avoid these toxic things uh, when they come into our lives. And you remember, and it's been several weeks ago, and I won't do this every time, but I kind of want to just get us back into what we had talked about. Uh, We talked about fear. Uh, the toxin, fear, and how if fear comes into our lives, that if we don't handle it in the right way, then what happens? Uh, fear hurts our confidence. It hurts our perspective, and it also hurts our spirituality. Fear is something that if we're not careful of, it will destroy us, uh, and we uh, it will destroy our understanding. Also, uh, we looked at the verse. Isaiah 41.10 in that lesson uh, which says fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you yes, I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We looked at the verses before in the in the lesson uh, and in verse 10 and saw that we uh, can fear not because The one who is with us is not just something made up. This is not just a made up God or just some ordinary God. He is the judge over all. He is the ruler over all authority. He is the one who called everything into being. And He is the one who is the first and the last. He is the one who says, we Christians are His people. And He makes Himself our God graciously. Satan is on the attack and is ready and wants to bring these toxic spiritual things into our lives to help us or to hurt us and make us not be as effective as we should be. You know, Satan is a, he, he sets these schemes up and he sets these situations up. And when we really think about uh, these situations in our lives, we have to know that we can defeat them. And the Lord is with us. Um, but I want to talk about anger tonight for just a few minutes. Have you ever been angry at somebody? <laughs> Isaac, don't say nothing, okay? Um, Isaac has probably seen me upset more than anybody else, okay? Okay. And this is probably one of the worst things that I've uh, struggled with in my uh, Christian walk. I'm not going to lie. I'll just say it. Um, And you know, this quote right here is a very good quote. Anger like fire finally dies out, but only after leaving a path of destruction, right? You know, sometimes I would say things at work. Somebody wouldn't do the exact thing that I needed. I needed them to do it. And they didn't want to do it. So what did I do? I went right over there and I let them have it. And boy, it felt good to me at first, but the destruction was made. And it took a while for me to be able to have that person want to help me. You know, uh, anger puts us in a very dangerous situation if we're not careful. If we don't deal with it the right way, You know, this comment is so perfectly set for the understanding that if we have anger like fire, it will destroy those in our path. You know, there is no doubt that we all will have to deal with anger in our lives. When we think about Jesus, he was angry. When we think about the Lord in the Old Testament, he was angry. So anger is something that we have to deal with, but the question is, how do we deal with it? Will it become a toxin in our lives that causes us to make our Christian walk hurt? Is it something that will make our Christian walk be weak, causing us to become sick, or even causing our faith to be demolished altogether? I want us to look at four ways that we can handle anger the right way spiritually and not let it become toxic in our lives. But before we look at these four Bible truths on how to attack anger and deal with what it is as the Lord, as the Lord wants us to, what are some reasons that we get angry? Well, think about it. And these are not all of them, but these are just some. We feel threatened. Right? How dare you come into my house? I'm going to handle it. We aren't getting our way. Right? Over and over at work. I remember it. I remember going in and asking the boss specifically if I could have this done because I really needed it. And guess what happened? It never got done. So guess what happened? I had an attitude. And I had a problem with it. And guess what I was going to do? Go talk to the boss about it. Very, very angry. We lose someone or we lose something. You know, you think about it. Sometimes uh, this is uh, used a lot when we become mad at God for maybe losing somebody that we love, maybe too early in our lives. We feel rejected. Over and over we get rejected to the point where we become angry. Why am I not uh, involved in this? Why do these people avoid me all the time? Well, you know what? I ain't got time for them anymore. I ain't got time for them anymore. Our past keeps getting brought up over and over. And you know, I went to the dollar store today. Hadn't seen a guy in a long time. And guess what he said to me? I can't believe you're a preacher. I was like, well, I am. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe, but I am a preacher. Hey, why don't you come listen to me? How about that? If you can't believe it, just come listen to me, right? Several years ago, I may have gotten upset about that. I can't believe you. How dare you say something like that to me, right? So thinking about these things right here, you know, uh, our past keep, keeps getting brought up over and over is something that can make us angry. And one more, we get made fun of. You know, getting made fun of enough over and over, you eventually say, you know what, I'm sick of hearing this. I'm sick of it. In life, we all have faced these types of situations, and we all can probably give stories on situations that have made us become angry. So how does this anger come out of us, though? You know, we may get angry, but how do we... How does it come out? Rage, right? Uncontrollable anger, violent or furious. I mean, I've seen people at work, and maybe you have too, I've seen people get into just fights over silly stuff, but have just become so angry that they can't even control their anger anymore. Resentment. Strong and painful bitterness you feel when someone does something wrong to you, right? When something, uh, when the situation that you have in front of you and somebody does it the wrong way and you don't really like it, and, and, and so because you don't really like it, you act bitter toward that person. You know what I show them? I, I won't even talk to them, matter of fact. indignation. Anger provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. You know, they ain't treating me right. Over and over, they always don't treat me right, and they should be treating me right. Another one that I should have put in here, and we'll talk about it in just a little bit, is wrath. You know, anger comes out of us in a lot of ways. And if we aren't careful, it will consume us. It will take us over. It will cause us to not be able to think and act right because you can't get rid of the feelings that come up inside of you. I know about this one. I've struggled with this one, and at some points, I still struggle with this one. What happens, though, as a consequence of anger if not dealt with properly? I'm setting this all up and then we will get to some Bible, I promise you that. But I want us to just think about how serious of a situation anger is. Anger isolates us from others. You know, I've, I've said some things to Isaac before that I wasn't necessarily wrong about. Maybe he's done something and I hate to put him on the spotlight, but it's just, it just is what it is. But... Um, I've said some things maybe where I should have maybe waited for a minute and the way that I said it wasn't in a way that was respectful to him and it made it uncomfortable in the house and it was all just terrible, right? And what that does is it isolates me from them because when I get to think about it and I'm like, what an idiot. Why did you do it like that? It isolates me and it makes me feel bad to even go back into the house sometimes. It's a very, very dangerous thing that we all face at some time. It produces ungodliness and evil motives in us. If this consumes us, we just continue to become more angry and we think of ways to get back at people. We change who we are and now all of a sudden we have become ungodly in the way we think and the way we act. It also blinds us to what is really good and right. We change from seeking to do God's will and what we end up doing is the wrong thing. It blinds us. Anger. Lashing out. Being mad and doing the things that we probably shouldn't necessarily do. And anger leads to conflict and arguments. I had many of them that I felt really bad about. I mean, I can just think over the years at work, and I'm not saying that I'm just some angry guy that just goes out and gets into an argument at every chance, but I've had situations where I've done it, and I felt really bad about it. But at the time, it just consumed me, and I was just out of control with it. And in the strongest form, think about this, in the strongest form of anger, it can lead to murder. People become so angry with somebody that they would actually kill them. Terrible to think about. Terrible to think about. So I want us to think about these things. I want us to think about that we need to face our anger head on. If you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. The first thing that we need to understand is that you need to ask yourself... If you're sitting here tonight, do you have an anger problem? Do you find yourself getting mad and lashing out at those around you? Let me turn there real quick also. If you ask those around you and those closest to you, uh, if you had an anger problem, what would they say? In order to be able to deal with anger in our lives, we must first be willing to admit that we struggle with it. Ask yourself, when you become angry, how do you act? Do you do it in a positive way or in a negative way? I want to start in verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty... Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But listen to this verse. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Think about that. We, as children of God, are different people. And the thing about it is, if you have a situation, whatever it is, fear, anger, and we'll talk about all these different uh, types of situations, but tonight specifically anger, if you have anger in your life, we have to understand we are different. Look at verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And this is where I want us to focus in. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Think about that. Face your anger head on and face it with this truth. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Yes, we mess up. Yes, we sin. Yes, we do things that we aren't supposed to do. But brethren, why don't we attack it in the way God tells us to? Understand that we live in the Spirit. We are a different kind of people. We are a blessed people. And therefore, we should walk in the Spirit. Every situation, and we're going to get to it in a minute, one of my points talks about handling each situation that we come in contact with. But brethren, the first thing to consider is we have to face our anger head on. So when we do deal with the situation, and we may be upset about it, we don't do those things that are detrimental to not only us, but to the other person, and more importantly, to being able to bring glory and honor to God through our actions. Think about the second thing. Our anger will not accomplish God's will. Think about that. Now, think about what Jesus did. Did He become angry when He went into the temple? Absolutely. But what was His anger about? His anger was about these people in the temple treating it like a den of thieves. The hardest thing for us, if you would turn to James chapter 1, the hardest thing... For us to do as Christians is be able to be upset and handle it just like Jesus would, right? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can have a righteous anger towards somebody because what will end up happening is I may have a certain type of tone with them, and as soon as they come back with a certain type of tone to me, guess what? Well, you know what? We fix it to get into an argument. What you got? Tell me what you got because I'm fixing to come with something else. And I'm going to win this argument and as we continue to do that, what happens? We become more angry and angry and then boom, we're caught, caught up in a sinful situation. Listen to what James says right here. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man... Does not produce the righteousness of God. Wrath, movement, or agitation of the soul, impulse, desire, any violent emotion. When you hear somebody say something and maybe they say something hateful to you, are you slow? Are you swift to hear it but slow to speak? Are you slow to this anger reaction to what they've said? Man, that's a hard one. That is a hard one to take in. But here's the deal. This type of wrath, this type of action does not produce the righteousness of God. It hurts us when we're focused on doing God's will. When we're focused on what we should be focused on and that's shining our light to everyone around us, right? Which brings me to my third point. Break the stronghold... Of anger. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And really, these first two points come uh, out strong in this point in what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's very encouraging to me that we can fight these things, that we can handle these things. You know, as I, at work, as I was constantly getting upset and I was doing things that I shouldn't do, and I start, as I, when I became a child of God, I understood that I couldn't do these things, and I prayed on these things, and guess what happened? Because of my effort and my want to, I got better at it. Somebody wouldn't be doing their job, and they wouldn't be doing it like I knew they should. And before, I'd say, look, man, if you can't do your job, guess what? Just go home, because I can do it without you. I'll get somebody else to do it, and you know what? I'll just do it myself. When I became a child of God, I was upset that he wasn't doing his job, but I said, look, man, you know you got a job to do. Your job is to do this, Right? And my job is to tell you what to do. So if I come and tell you what to do, am I being mean to you? I handled it in a different type of situation. I handled it totally different. Not that I wasn't upset with it, but I was quick to hear and I was slow to speak. But look at what Paul says, starting in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh... For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I've talked about this verse before. But bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want us to catch this thought. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Are you starting to get angry? Think about it. Think about it. Bring that thought into captivity. What would Jesus do? I know you're upset. Walk away. Walk away. Don't say something that's going to be detrimental. That's going to be hard for you to reconcile that situation. That's going to be hard for you to come back. And I'm many a times, and I'm not going to say that this isn't true because it is. Many a times I have messed up. And you know what? The biggest thing and the greatest uh, thing that I did for that person is I came back and said, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I messed up. I got mad. I said something I shouldn't have. I've done it to Isaac plenty of times. Why am I on Isaac so much? Because I want him to be a good kid. But sometimes I take it too far. And it hurts more than it helps. So what do I have to do? I have to make sure that... And I'm just using myself as the example. I ain't scared to do it. You know what? I'm a sinful person. And you know what? That's all right, Because 1 John 1, 9 tells me that if I confess my sins, guess what? The Lord is faithful and just to forgive me. And He's faithful to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hey, I'm getting better at it. And I'm going to continue to get better at it. Why? Because I want to. And this is how you do it. Taking those thoughts into captivity and saying, You can't do that. You can't act like that. You can't say that. Because that's not obedient to what Christ says to do. When we lash out in rage, when we lash out in resentment or indignation towards someone else, and it becomes sinful, will we be able to go to the person and apologize, like I just said? These things, these uh, sinful acts towards somebody else do not bring and do not accomplish the righteousness of God. And the last thing, and I know this one kind of sounds silly, but boy, it's a, it's a powerful one. Replace anger with kindness. I don't have to change that I'm upset about the situation But the way I handle it can be with kindness. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, and this is where we'll end up. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to start in verse 26. I love this scripture great encouragement to me. Ephesians 4 verse 26. Listen to what the Bible says. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Guess who's prowling like a roaring lion waiting for the opportunity to get you. The devil. So what does the Word tell us? Be angry, but don't sin. If you did mess up, if you did say something that was wrong, fix it. But here's the deal. If you are angry, handle it the right way. Don't give the devil place. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Think about that. God is setting us up to be successful in the situation. Amen. Lord, thank you. What I have to remember, don't let corrupt words come out of my mouth. Because if I do, then I'm not imparting grace to the hearer. And verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. When it starts to come up and those those terrible feelings of anger and those wrathful things that are about to come out, you better put it in check because you're in the danger zone. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. And I want to read verses 1 and 2 of chapter 5. He says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma what a beautiful way to end this lesson he says walk in love as christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering a sacrifice to god for a sweet smelling aroma here's the challenge for us this week brethren Romans 12, 1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service, brethren, to present your body a living sacrifice. When you face this anger, maybe you get upset this week, will you bring it into captivity and handle it as Christ would handle it and not sin? That's the challenge for us. And we can do it because the Bible tells us we can do it. Amen? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Show others that will of God, that perfect will, in the way you act, in the way that you treat people, in the way that you handle your anger. Brethren, I love you. Thank you for uh, putting up with me on this PowerPoint slide. I hope it did all right. Um, I love y'all and I thank you. Uh, Be strong and courageous this week, brethren. We can overcome the world and we can do anything through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you need to obey the gospel. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Maybe you're here and you need to repent. Maybe you're here and you need prayers. Maybe you need to be strengthened. Whatever you need, don't waste the opportunity. And, And if you are here and you need to become a Christian, this is the best time. Because Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. We're not promised tomorrow. We are not promised another minute. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.